Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. It's Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, and we are live. Welcome to the African History Network show. All right, so many people saw the press conference. I'm, I'm sorry, many people saw the speech that President Joe Biden delivered today at the uh, Atlanta University um, that's sandwiched between the campuses of Morehouse College and Clark Atlanta University, two historically black colleges. So it was uh, Joe Biden called for uh, changing the filibuster rule today, a, um, a strong push, a strong call uh, to change the filibuster rule if uh, they cannot get the John Lewis Voting Rights Act or the uh, and the uh, Freedom to Vote Act passed in the Senate. So even though Biden has uh, said he supported a uh, going back to a talking filibuster in the past, and it may come to a um, it may come to a carve out to the Voting Rights Act. This was a very very strong speech, and only the third speech that Biden has given. That's, that was actually focused on voting rights. So we're going to talk some about uh, what happened today. Uh, Washington Post has a good article on this. Uh, Biden calls for changing the filibuster in major uh, voting rights speech. Uh, we'll let you hear an excerpt of what happened today as well. And this ties into um, what we talked about on yesterday's show actually understanding how to get these bills passed, especially in the Senate, because there are only 100 U.S. senators and there's only two and a half African-American senators uh, in the U.S. Senate. And I say half because Senator Tim Scott, Black Tea Party Republican from South Carolina, half the time he doesn't act like he's black because Senator Tim Scott is not supporting the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. He's not supporting the Freedom to Vote Act. He didn't vote for any of these bills, generally speaking. So we'll talk about this. Then also, I, I posted a uh, article today from NPR, National Public Radio. And this deals with uh, legendary poet Maya Angelou is the uh, first African-American woman to be featured on a U.S. quarter. And we know, uh, you know, we talked about uh, a couple of years ago how uh, because of the uh, anniversary, 100th anniversary of the uh, 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, uh, there was going to be um, historic women of different races on U.S. currency. Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill, Marian Anderson on the $5 bill, Dr. King on the $5 bill. Um, so we got the news today that uh, Maya Angelou is going to be featured on the uh, U.S. quarter. So we'll talk a little bit about this as well. A new quarter featuring legendary poet and civil rights activist Maya Angelou and other trailblazing American women has officially started shipping to banks on Monday, January 10th, the U.S. Mint announced. Maya Angelou is the first 
black woman to appear on the quarter. So we'll talk a little bit about this today on today's show also. Now, some people are saying, well, what about the um, Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill? As uh, there's an article from um, there's an article from RochesterFirst.com that deals with this, and it talks about um, how they have until the year 2030 to update the um, made changes to the $20 bill. And it's more complex changing the $20 bill and they're dealing with um, counterfeiting measures as well that have to be taken into consideration. So we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit also. But Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill was not the only change that was taking place to uh, U.S. currency. And I discussed this back in, I think it was 2016, 2017. Um, when they were actually, when they made the announcement. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Now, there was a story that I did not get a chance to get to on yesterday's show. This dealt with uh, voting rights activist Vernon Dahmer. Vernon Dahmer. He was, he was killed by the Ku Klux Klan January 10th, 1966. And uh, yesterday was the anniversary of him being killed by the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and I was going to talk about it on yesterday's show, but we didn't get a chance to. Uh, yesterday we we dealt with the passing of Sidney Poitier. So go back and watch um, the January 10th show. But I wanted to talk about uh, Vernon Dahmer today because of the speech that took place in Atlanta, Georgia, where Dr. King was uh, born in 1929, um, dealing with voting rights that Vice President Kamala Harris and President Joe Biden gave today. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, about Vernon Dahmer and why he was killed by the Ku Klux Klan. January 10th, 1966, Voting rights activist Vernon Dahmer murdered. On January 9th, here's a picture of Vernon Dahmer. He's a very light-skinned African-American man. On January 9th, 1966, Vernon Dahmer announced on the radio that he would pay the poll tax for anyone who could not afford to register to vote. This was in Mississippi. Okay, despite the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, a poll tax was still charged in local elections in Mississippi. The poll tax came about in Mississippi because of the 1890 Mississippi State Convention, where they voted to change the state constitution and impose poll taxes and literacy tests. That we, that we talked about numerous times on this show because all of this is connected, okay? All this is connected. So what happened was um, he said on the radio he would pay the poll tax for anyone who could not afford to register to vote. The next day, 
Vernon Dahmer's home was firebombed by the Ku Klux Klan and Vernon Dahmer died. Okay, we'll talk about that uh, also. And then we see that uh, Monday set a record for COVID-19 uh, new cases as well. 1.34 million new COVID-19 cases also uh, on Monday. So we'll deal with that as well. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. iRedify is a Black-owned digital platform that showcases Black and Brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Welcome back to the app. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 on the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, and we are live. Call the numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right, uh, we're going to go to uh, clip one here. Clip one here in just a minute, Shakita. Okay, so uh, I watched the uh, speech given today, and it was the most forceful speech so far for President Joe Biden calling for a uh, change in the filibuster, change to the filibuster to get the uh, voting rights uh, act, uh, voting rights bill. Uh, voting rights bills passed and it's definitely needed. 
Okay, so I want to go to this uh, article here from uh, the first one we'll look at is the one here from um, Washington Post. Let's flip over to this one here from uh, the Washington Post, just a second here. And then also there's a good one from um, NBC News as well. Uh, Biden calls for end to filibuster to pass voting rights legislation. But the uh, first one I want to look at is from uh, the Washington Post. Uh, this one here from the Washington Post is uh, Biden calls for changing the filibuster in major voting rights speech. OK, so uh, President Joe Biden, through his full support Tuesday, behind changing the Senate filibuster to ease passage of voting rights bills using a major speech in Atlanta to endorse a, a to endorse an idea increasingly backed by Democrats and civil rights activists seeking momentum on what has been an intractable issue. Now, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, has said that they're going to uh, take up the uh, uh, take a vote in the Senate by January 17th, which is Dr. King Day on the Voting Rights Act. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer was on The View this morning, ABC, The View this morning, and singled out Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. As we talked about on yesterday's show, there has been movement by uh, on, there's been movement with uh, some Democratic senators who were against changing the filibuster rule. Senator uh, 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 Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire has changed and, and said we have to change the filibuster. Senator John Hickenlooper of Colorado, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia, also Senator John Tester of Montana. They've all moved and it's and now the real focus is on uh, Kirsten Cinema and, and Joe Manchin because it was eight or nine senators who were against changing the filibuster and many of them have changed their minds and said because of because of the recalcitrance of Republicans and because of Republicans voting against the voting rights bills, but also because of the changes Republicans are making in state legislatures and pushing the big line and, 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 and passing these voter suppression bills. And then also you have to look at the information coming out of the January 6th uh, commission as well and seeing how intricate, intricately planned that January 6th, January 6th uh, attempted insurrection was also. So all these things are converging together. All these uh, variables are converging together. So the remarks from President Joe Biden, who, uh, who was a senator for 36 years, amounted to his strongest endorsement yet of changes he had resisted for most of his career. The president made clear that he, like many others in his party, now believes the filibuster is being abused to block legislation that is fundamental to democracy. Now, on yesterday's show, we talked about the filibuster abuse that's taking place. 
and how it used to be a talking standing filibuster, but uh, in recent years it's changed and you can just call in, you can call the Senate Majority Leader from your office or call the Senate Majority Leader from the country club and say you want to filibuster a bill, okay? And it takes 60 votes to break the filibuster. The onus is on the majority as opposed to onus being on the minority. So you have a lot of filibuster abuse that's taking place. Um, I want to go to, let's go to clip number one, Shakita. This is from um, MSNBC. This is from today. Let's go to clip number one. But as an institutionalist, I believe the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. You know, last year, if I'm not mistaken, the filibuster was used 154 times. The filibuster has been used to generate compromise in the past, promote some bipartisan, but it's also used to obstruct, including especially obstruct civil rights and voting rights. And when it was used, senators traditionally used to have to stand and speak. At their desk, however long it took. And sometimes it took hours. And when they sat down, if no one immediately stood up, anyone could call for a vote. Or the debate ended. But that doesn't happen today. Senators no longer even have to speak one word. Filibuster is not used by Republicans to bring the Senate together, but to pull it further apart. Filibusters are weaponized and abused. All the state legislative assaults on voting rights is simple. All you need in your House and Senate is a pure majority. In the United States Senate, it takes a supermajority, 60 votes, even to get a vote, instead of 50 to protect the right to vote. State legislators can pass anti-voting laws for simple majorities. If they can do that, then the United States Senate should be able to protect voting rights by a simple majority. Today, I'm making it clear, to protect our democracy, I support changing the Senate rules, whichever way they need to be changed to prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. <laughs> when it comes to protecting majority rule in America, the majority should rule in the United States Senate. I make this announcement with careful deliberation, recognizing the fundamental right to vote is a right from which all other rights flow. And I make it with an appeal to my Republican colleagues, to those Republicans who believe in the rule of law, restore the bipartisan tradition of voting rights. People who restored it, who abided by in the past were Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, they all supported the Voting Rights Act. 
Don't let the Republican Party morph into something else. Restore the institution of the Senate the way it was designed to be. Senate rules were just changed to raise the debt ceiling so we wouldn't renege on our debt for the first time in our history, prevent an economic crisis. That was done by simple majority. As Senator Warnock said a few weeks ago in a powerful speech, if we change the rules to protect the full faith and credit of the United States, we should be able to change the rules to protect the heart and soul of our democracy. He was right. In the days that followed John Lewis's death, there was an outpouring of praise and support across the political spectrum. But as we stand here today, it isn't enough just to praise his memory. We must translate eulogy into action. We need to follow John Lewis's footsteps. We need to support the bill in his name. Okay. I've been dealing with that okay. kind of issue. Pause right there. All right. So that was an excerpt of the speech today. We have another excerpt that we're going to go to here in just a minute. Now, there was, um, there was a good article from uh, Politico.com. Uh, today I'm going to pull this up as well. The fate of the filibuster. Uh, this one here from Politico. The fate of the filibuster. Your guide to changes. Dems really want. Okay, now this uh, came out uh, January 11th, 2022. Uh, this one came out today. Let's, let me go to this here. We're going to go to. Um, uh, we're going to go to clip three here in just a second, uh, Shakita. Then we'll go back to clip two, which is uh, in the article from the Washington Post that I sent you. Okay, the fate of the filibuster, your guide to changes Dems really want. Eliminating the Senate's 60-vote threshold needed to pass most bills isn't on the table right now. What is up for debate, what is up for debate is more complicated. So you don't have to totally eliminate the filibuster. You can do a carve out. You can, the first thing you need to do is you go back to a, a standing talking filibuster. Uh, President Joe Biden's uh, party is trying uh, for something now. Okay, so you might think Senate Democrats are trying to ask the filibuster to pass election reform. It's not quite true. President Joe Biden's party is trying for something narrower, discussing a menu of potential Senate rules uh, Senate rules changes that might help pass elections and voting rights legislation with, with, uh, without outright eliminating the 60 vote threshold that's now required to pass most bills. Now there's been about 160 carve outs to the filibuster in the last 50 years. So you don't have to get rid of it totally. There, there is some filibuster reform that needs to take place. There is some, there is some change that needs to take place to the rules and the smaller scale ideas Democrats are now debating may not fully overcome the GOP stance opposition to the election bill. We'll come back to this here in just a minute. Um, it, it, it's looking at a couple of scenarios. We'll, we'll look at that. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on uh, 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. 
only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. and She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Chair, we deal with current events of history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take advantage of them. You control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do it. it teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. <laughs> 910, The Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. All right. Okay, we're back. We have some technical difficulties here. Okay, uh, welcome back to the African History Network show. It is uh, Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, and we are live. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Right before the break. Uh, we were talking about the uh, speech that President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris delivered today at uh, Atlanta University uh, that is between the campuses of Clark Atlanta University and Morehouse College in, uh, in Atlanta. We were also talking about the uh, article here from Politico.com. This is one of the articles we were discussing from Politico.com, The Fate of the Filibuster, Your Guide to Changes Dems Really Want. Now, uh, we're going to go to clip uh, uh, three here in just a second, Shakita. Okay, so uh, further down in the article, it talks about Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has vowed that he will take up and and vote on changes to the chambers, to the Senate's rules by Monday, January 17th, the holiday in honor of civil rights icon Dr. King. Uh, If Republicans once again block Democrats' elections, reforms bill, which they plan to do. Now, should Senator Schumer follow through, it's possible the party gets Senator Manchin's vote for a small piece of reform if Manchin and Cinema can be persuaded to vote along party lines for any rules change that allows the elections bill to pass. The small reform would look historically massive in an instant. Now, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, reported tonight on MSN there's a meeting taking place with some key Democratic senators, and Senator Kirsten Sinema is one of those senators, and, and it's, it's about getting the voting rights bill passed and getting around the filibuster. Okay. Um, 
let's see here. Okay, so they talk about uh, here's some of the options Democrats are discussing. The talking filibuster, which uh, we, we just discussed. Uh, under current Senate rules, senators need 60 votes to end debate on most bills. Final passage still takes a simple majority, but senators first need to, to vote to stop debating. A return to the so-called talking filibuster, which the, the Senate chamber essentially dropped in the 1970s, requires a senator from the minority party to be to be speaking for as long as he or she wants to block a bill. As long as a senator keeps talking, debate can't. All right. And Senator Strom Thurmond had one of the longest talking filibusters. It was like a little more than 24 hours or something like that. Um, yes, this is Mr. Smith goes to Washington style filibuster for those who have seen the classic 1939 Jimmy Stewart film. All right. Under a talking filibuster, 60 senators can vote to end debate at any time. If that does not happen, the debate continues until the minority party leaves a vacancy on the floor, at which point the majority party can move to final passage of the bill, requiring only a simple majority vote, which is plus one simple majority. OK, now, uh, then also clearing the way to. Current Senate rules requires uh, 60 votes to even start uh, to even start to debate a bill, which allows a minority of senators to stop legislation from getting any floor consideration. Democrats are considering a proposal that would reduce the votes needed to start debate from 60 votes down to 50 votes a move that potentially could be paired with the talking filibuster. So it, it helps to understand Senate rules because the rules of the Senate are much different than the rules of the House of Representatives. There is no filibuster in the rules of the House of Representatives. Senator Chuck Schumer has repeatedly said the Senate should have a floor debate on elections reform legislation, a signal that this step might be uh, one Democrats press forward. All right. Uh, read the rest of this article here from uh, Politico.com. The fate of the filibuster, your guide to changes Dems really want. This is from uh, January uh, 11th, 2022 by Marianne Levine. Uh, Shakita, let's go to clip uh, number three from today, uh, President Joe Biden. And that, that vote counted is democracy's threshold liberty. Without it, Nothing is possible, but with it, anything is possible. While the denial of fair and free elections is undemocratic, it is not unprecedented. Black Americans were denied full citizenship voting rights until 1965. Women were denied the right to vote just 100 years ago. The United States Supreme Court in recent years has weakened the Voting Rights Act, and now the defeated former president and his supporters used the big lie about the 2020 election to fuel torrent and torment and anti-voting laws. New laws designed to suppress your vote to subvert our elections. Here in Georgia, for years, you've done the hard work of democracy, registering voters, educating voters, getting voters to the polls, You've built a broad coalition of voters, black, white, Latino, Asian-American, urban, suburban, rural. 
working class and middle class, and it's worked. You've changed the state by bringing more people legally to the polls. That's how you won the historic election of Senator Raphael Warnock and Senator John Ossoff. You did it. You did it the right way, the democratic way. And what's been the reaction of Republicans in Georgia? Choose the wrong way, the undemocratic way. To them, too many people voting in a democracy is a problem. <laughs> so they're putting up obstacles. Okay, pause right there. All right, uh, if we go back to this uh, article here from um, the Washington Post. Uh, if the Senate does not at least agree to debating the voting bills, quote, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this, end quote, uh, Biden said to applause. Now, uh, I want to go down here. Let's go quickly to this here. Um, when we come back, we're going to go to clip number two, done with the history of the filibuster, Shakita, in that article from the Washington Post. Uh, under the Senate filibuster rules, most bills need uh, 60 votes to pass. This is why I keep explaining the 50-50 slim majority in the Senate is not the same thing as a 60-40 decisive majority in the Senate. A, um, if, uh, 60 votes to pass, a threshold that is increasingly difficult to meet in the polarized chamber with these recalcitrant Republicans who overwhelmingly vote against bills that Democrats support. Now, the Senate is split 50-50 between the parties and Republicans are almost entirely unified against the voting rights bills. Imagine that, because in um, uh, 2006, the last time it, the Voting Rights Act was renewed, the vote in the Senate was 98 to zero, and Mitch McConnell voted for the renewal of the Voting Rights Act in 2006. Many civil rights activists are frustrated that Biden has not pushed harder to protect the vote and some stayed away from uh, the president's visit. The Reverend Al Sharpton met with Biden after the address and Reverend Al Sharpton was there. You probably, he'll probably talk about it on the show tomorrow. Politics nation that you can listen to here on that 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. He said, quote, I told the president uh, he gave a monumental uh, speech. And though I have been challenging him for months to be forthcoming, it was better late than never, end quote. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages our story, our way. Black TV, the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. 
I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. and She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 on the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. All right. Um, I want to go to the, uh, this is what we're going to do. Um, I want to squeeze in this story here dealing with um, Vernon Dahmer because we're talking about voting rights. Okay. And this deals with um, Vernon Dahmer, who was a voting rights activist. And he was uh, killed by the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, after he announced on the radio that he was going to uh, pay the poll taxes for anyone who wanted to vote. This was in Mississippi, 1966. Um, Okay, so right before the break, we were talking about this article from the Washington Post. So go back and uh, go uh, go read the rest of it because I I need to get to this other one here. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, herself, a former U.S. senator, also embraced amending the filibuster as she spoke before Joe Biden spoke today at, at Atlanta University Center, which is between uh, two historically black institutions, Morehouse College and, and Clark Atlanta University. Uh, and we know Atlanta, uh, we know uh, the state of Georgia is steeped in civil rights history. Read this article here. Biden calls for changing the filibuster in major voting rights speech. This is from the Washington Post. All right. Very quickly, I want to go to this uh, next story here. So. January 10th was uh, was the anniversary of Vernon Dahmer, uh, voting rights activist, being uh, killed by the Ku Klux Klan. January 10th, 1966. OK. And what happened was and here's a picture of him. He's a very light skinned African-American man. On January 9th, 1966, Vernon Dahmer announced on radio that he would pay the poll tax for anyone who could not afford to register to vote. Okay, this is in Mississippi. Despite the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, a poll tax was still charged in local elections in Mississippi. It's like a tax that you had to pay to be able to register to vote. All right, now, in the poll, Mississippi was instituted because of the uh, Mississippi State uh, Convention of 1890. Where they uh, voted to impose poll taxes and literacy tests, and uh, what they did in 1890 became known as the Mississippi Plan, and it was designed to suppress the African American vote and disenfranchise African Americans. And this is why you needed a 1965 Voting Rights Act because the Mississippi Plan became adopted by the other Southern states, South Carolina, and then. Uh, um, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Oklahoma, things like this, they all adopted. The Mississippi plan to keep blacks from voting in 1890, we came here to exclude the Negro. 
and they voted and uh, changed the Mississippi State Constitution in 1890 to impose poll taxes and literacy tests in a state where African-Americans were the majority of the voters and the majority of the population. So after the day after uh, Vernon Dahmer announced on the radio that he would pay the poll tax for anyone who could not afford to register to vote, the next day Vernon Dahmer's home was firebombed by the Ku Klux Klan. Vernon Dahmer guarded the front door while his wife and children escaped out the back door. Vernon Dahmer died the next day from severe burns and smoke inhalation. Now, uh, Vernon Dahmer and his wife, Ellie Dahmer, had a 200-acre farm, a small store, and an independent sawmill in in north of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay, in north of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, they were one of the few prosperous African-American families in southeast Mississippi, providing jobs and assistance for others in the community. This is what they did. They provided jobs and assistance for others in the community. Now, Vernon Dahmer was a leader of uh, and prime mover of the Forest County NAACP. Vernon Dahmer said, if you don't vote, you don't count. If you don't vote, you don't count. He told his friends and neighbors. Inspired by his example, a chapter of uh, NAACP Youth Council uh, became active. Now, among council members were high school students Joyce and Dory Latner, who traveled with Vernon Dahmer to statewide NAACP meetings in Jackson, Mississippi. And we know Mega Everest was in Jackson, Mississippi, but Mega Everest was... Uh, dead by now because he was assassinated in 1963 by Byron Della Beckwith. Now, with Vernon Dahmer's support, military veteran Clyde Kennard applied for admission, applied for admission to Mississippi Southern College, only to be framed on petty charges and sent to Parchment Prison to silence to silence him. Sent to Parchment Prison to silence him. Vernon Dahmer. Megger Evers and the Latners struggled for years to free Clyde Kennard from prison. Now, in 1961, Vernon Dahmer invited uh, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee uh, SNCC to set up a voter registration project in Forest County. They faced fierce opposition from circuit clerk and, regist- and registrar of voters for Forest County. Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Lind and the Ku Klux Klan. In early 1964, Vernon Dahmer was one of the speakers at Hattiesburg uh, Freedom Day, a mobilization of would-be African-American voters attempting to register in mass at the county courthouse. More than 150 courageous African-American citizens defiantly uh defiantly lined up to register to vote. Only a handful were allowed in the building and few, if any, were added to the voting rolls. And few, if any, were added to the voting rolls. Some of those attempting to register to vote were fired from their jobs and others were threatened with violence because this is what this is what they did to try to keep you from voting. Okay, they'll fire you from your job. If you have a if you have a loan on your house or your farm, they'll call the loan in. The banks will call the loans in. When you when you study Fannie Lou Hamer, Fannie Lou Hamer 
worked on the plantation that her entire family worked on. When she registered to vote in Mississippi, she was fired from the plantation that she and her entire family worked on. She, she, she registered to vote and she got fired from the plantation. Now, following the passage of the Voting Rights Act in 1965, Vernon Dahmer obtained the right and the materials needed to register voters and collect poll taxes at his store. Okay, he acquired the materials needed to register voters and collect poll taxes at his store. This would have facilitated a great increase in voter registration by African-Americans in Forest County. It was on the day uh, after he announced this opportunity that his house was firebombed by the Ku Klux Klan. Now, four of, uh, of Vernon Dahmer's sons were serving in the U.S. military to defend democracy, only to have the, only to have their father murdered in his fight for the democratic right to vote in the United States. His sons returned home for his funeral and were joined by hundreds of mourners at Vernon Dahmer's funeral on January 16, 1966. Now here's a picture of four of his sons in their military uniforms looking at the remains of the house that was firebombed, the, uh, uh, of their family's house that was firebombed. And here are mourners here at uh, Vernon Dahmer's uh, funeral. Now, two, uh, okay, two key resources on Vernon Dahmer are the profiles on the SNCC digital gateway and crmvet.org websites. Okay, read this uh, uh, piece here from the Zen Education Project. January 10th, 1966, voting rights activist Vernon Dahmer murdered. He was killed by the Ku Klux Klan. This is around voting rights. This is in Mississippi, okay? Uh, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're out of time here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. If you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. AHN show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. With, um, let me see. We've got one dealing with uh, Maya Angelou. There was a clip on, there's a clip on um, the filibuster I want to go to here. This is from the article from the Washington Post. This deals with some history of the filibuster. Let's see if we can cue this up. All right, stand by. We'll cue this up. Okay, African-American business owners, post the name of your business here in the thread of the broadcast. Email us at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Our current promotion is buy one month, get two months free. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. 
Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. Chuck to make sure the minority has input. You may know it as the time Ted Cruz read Green Eggs and Ham. He talked on the Senate floor for over 21 hours. Do you like Green Eggs and Ham? But what exactly is the filibuster? And why does it exist? A filibuster really is any attempt in the Senate to block or delay a Senate from getting to a vote. That can be endless debate. It can be offering endless amendments. It can be offering obstructive motions. Put simply, it's a loophole within Senate rules that blocks legislation. Rather than requiring a simple majority to pass a bill, it requires at least 60 votes to just end debate. Once that's over, voting can begin. But that wasn't always the case. The filibuster came to be because of an unintended consequence of a very small change in the key of the Senate in You can blame that on Eric Burr. Just a year earlier, Vice President Burr, freshly indicted for murdering Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton in a duel, told the Senate they had too many rules. The Senate responded by eliminating a rule that could have been used to cut off debate opening the door for lawmakers to talk for hours to delay proceedings. For years, business went on as usual, until one senator wised up and decided to exploit the change. In the 1840s, Senator John Calhoun took the opportunity to block bills he feared would diminish the power of slaveholding states by talking for hours on end. Some senators took notice of the tactic, and decades later, the act of endless debate became more common ultimately earning the name filibuster. The name actually comes from a Dutch term for pirate, which is pretty appropriate given that a filibustering senator is essentially taking the senator. Politicians on both sides of the aisle were frustrated that a single senator's never-ending speech could destroy legislation supported by the majority. So in 1917, at the urging of President Woodrow Wilson, Senate Rule 22 was adopted. It allowed the Senate to end debate with a two-thirds majority vote, also known as a cloture. This was later reduced even further to a three-fifths vote. Even still, long-winded talks were very much possible. The record for the longest single-person filibuster is held by South Carolina's Strom Thurmond, who tried to stop the passage of the 1957 Civil Rights Act. He went on and on for over 24 hours and failed to convince a single senator to change their vote. Fast forward to today, the filibuster is now more common than ever. But unlike the old days, 
They're rarely passionate, hours-long speeches. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause, even if this thing gets filled with lies like these. Regardless of opposition senators' intent in voting against cloture, the outcome, more often than not, is just deadlock. That these issues just remain on the agenda year after year, and in fact, we'll never get to the vote both Democrats and Republicans have toyed with eliminating legislative filibuster over the years. One way to do that is the complicated option. When senators override an existing rule, like the number of votes needed to end debate. The nuclear option is applied to one route or one procedural path to abolishing the filibuster, usually meaning lowering the threshold of requiring 60 votes down to say 50 or something. Harry Reid used the nuclear option in 2013, clearing the way for executive branch nominees to reach approval with a simple majority. Time to get the Senate working again. Mitch McConnell followed up in 2017 by extending the simple majority vote to Supreme Court nominations. When Democrats used it in 2013, the opposition, the minority party, threatened to say, if you use this particular procedural route, we are going to blow up all the other provisions. Every time you need to say, we're going to make your life so easy. It's going to be like you. Deadlock in the Senate isn't going away anytime soon. Whatever the future will hold for the filibuster, it's likely to remain a point of contention, regardless of who's in power. Okay, so that's a little background information, background history on the filibuster, and that is um, from Washington Post. So check out the uh, article, Biden Calls for Changing the Filibuster in Major Voting Rights Speech. And um, that video is in there also. Okay, now I want to go very quickly here to uh, this story dealing with uh, the currency and Maya Angelou on uh, the quarter, and there are going to be some other changes coming over the past few years or so. Uh, so I posted this article today from NPR, National Public Radio, NBC News has an article about this, a number of different news, news outlets. The poet Maya Angelou is the first black woman to be featured on a U.S. quarter. The first black woman to be featured on a U.S. quarter. This is from January 10th, 2022. Uh, a new quarter featuring legendary poet and civil rights activist Maya Angelou and other trailblazing women has officially started shipping to banks on Monday, January 10th, the U.S. Mint announced. Now, Maya Angelou is the first um, African-American woman to appear on um, a U.S. quarter. The Maya Angelou design is the first quarter in the American Women Quarters Program, the American Women Quarters Program. And this is a four-year program that will include coins featuring prominent women in U.S. history. 
Deanna Rees uh, that are going to appear on the U.S. quarter include astronaut Sally uh, Ride, uh, actress Anna Mae Wong, suffragist and politician Nina Otero Warren, and Wilma Mankiller, the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. Now, the coins featuring the other honorees will be shipped out this year through the year 2025, according to the U.S. Mint. Now, Maya Angelou, uh, who died in 2014 at the age of 86, and Maya Angelou worked with both Dr. King and Malcolm X. And she meets Malcolm X in 1964 when Malcolm goes to Ghana uh, after his Hajj to Mecca. Maya Angelou, who died in 2014 at the age of 86, held many distinctions. She received a Presidential Medal of Freedom from uh, former President Barack Obama and won the uh, Literarian, uh, Literarian Award, an Honorary National Book Award. Uh, in 1992, uh, she became the uh, uh, first African-American woman and, uh, and second ever poet to write and present a poem at a presidential inauguration. She also held more than 30 honorary degrees and published more than 30 best-selling books. I got to hear her speak in person back in uh, 20, I think it's about 2009, 2008, 2009. Now each quarter, each, 20s, uh, each 2022 quarter, 25 cent piece. Each 2022 quarter is designed to reflect the breadth and depth of accomplishments being celebrated throughout this historic coin program. My Angelou featured on the reverse of this uh, first coin in the series used words to inspire and uplift. Mint Deputy Director Ventress C. Gibson said uh, in a statement. Now, the Maya Angelou quarter shows uh, the writer and poet on the tails side of the coin with her arms uplifted. Behind her are a bird and the rising sun. The, uh, the U.S. Mint says those images are inspired by her poetry and symbolic of the way she lived. Now, the heads side features the head side of the cord coin features a portrait of George Washington by a female sculptor that was uh, first recommended by the U.S. Mint back in 1932. At the, time, it it, at the time, it selected a design by John Flanagan to portray George Washington. Here's a tweet from the U.S. Mint. Uh, the first, it, which says, the first coin of the American Women Quarters program is here. The Maya Angelou Quarter, learn about honoree Maya Angelou, etc. Uh, so check this out here. This is from the, uh, the U.S. Mint on their Twitter page. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen celebrated the new coins, praising how, how far America has, quote unquote, progressed as a society. Mm, that's debatable. Some areas, yeah, but you're dealing with recalcitrant Republicans that don't want to vote for a voting rights act, but you had, it passed 98 to zero in 2006. Quote, I'm very proud that these coins celebrate the contributions 
of some of America's most remarkable women, including Maya Angelou, Janet Yellen said in a separate statement. Now, several lawmakers, such as California uh, Democrat Representative Barbara Lee, Sen Senator Catherine Cortez Masto of, of New Nevada, applauded the release of the new coin on Monday. Uh, Representative Barbara Lee, who's a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, said, uh, quote, the phenomenal uh, women who shaped American history have gone unrecognized for too long, especially women of color, uh, Barbara Lee said in a tweet. Proud to have led this bill to honor their legacies, end quote. Now, uh, Barbara Lee was influential in introducing the Circulating Collectible Coin Redesign Act of 2020. The act passed in January 2021 and essentially paved the way for the design of the new commemoration coins. Okay, so read this article here. Now, some people say, well, what about the $20 bill? And Harriet Tubman is supposed to be on the $20 bill. Okay, so um, if you read this article here from... RochesterFirst.com, when will Harriet Tubman be on the $20 bill? Um, let me see here. It's, uh, okay, this one, this one. right here okay when will harriet tubman be on the 20 dollar bill this is from rochesterfirst.com january 1st 2022 okay so back in 2016 president barack obama's treasury secretary jack lou announced the proposal to replace uh, former President Andrew Jackson with Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill. Now, keep in mind, this came after, see, there, there was this the whole campaign called Women on 20. I dealt with this on my show back when it happened. Um, Root.com had an article about this, but uh, there were a number of different articles uh, about this. Harriet, okay. Uh, all right, let's look at this one here. So you so you have to understand background history on this because I, I see people commenting on social media. I, I can tell they don't read. April 20th, 2016. This is from the root.com. We dealt with this here on the show because I've been on since 2010. Harriet Tubman to be new face of $20 bill, MLK and Marian Anderson to be honored on back of new $5 bill. April 20th, 2016 by Brianna, Brianna Edwards for the root.com. Harriet Tubman will be replacing Andrew Jackson, Donald Trump's favorite president, as the face of the $20 bill the Treasury Department confirmed on Wednesday, but Tubman is not the only civil rights icon 
set to be honored on U.S. currency. Secretary of the Treasury Jacob Lew, also known as Jack Lew, said during a press conference, a press, uh, a press call Wednesday in April 2016, that the $5 bill will also be redesigned and will feature images from the civil rights movement, historic events that occurred on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, including Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech and a 1939 performance by opera singer Marian Anderson. President Abraham Lincoln will remain the face of the $5 bill. Now, although Harriet Tubman will replace President Andrew Jackson, slave owning President Andrew Jackson on the front of the $20 bill, um, Andrew Jackson's image will still be featured on the back of the bill and will be commingled in some way with the image of the White House. Now, uh, let me see. Okay. Trisha Alexander Hamilton, um, a currency. Okay. Women on 20s. Okay. The Treasury Department had scheduled the new designs for three bills to be released in 2020 in conjunction with the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the vote. Circulation of the bills is set to begin at a later date. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They talk about women on 20s here. That was a campaign, a write-in campaign where people could vote who they wanted on the new, which women they wanted on the new currency. Uh, let me see. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So read this article here and uh, okay. Now there's another, there's a, so that is after the votes came in and the decision was made. There's a background information to that. And that is, let's see, we have, um, let me see if we have one of those, uh, reference articles, future here. Okay, Harriet Tubman, the $20 bill. Because I followed this from the beginning. Harriet Tubman, $20 bill is delayed until Trump leaves office. Mnuchin said Steve Mnuchin didn't want to change the $20 bill, whether she's on the $20 bill. Um, let me see here. Okay, so women on 20s, maybe I should just Google women on 20s because I'm looking at some of these um, backstory reference articles. All right, let's pull this one up here. All right. Um, this is the website. You can Google Google this here, Women on 20s. But this is the... This is from their website. So what happened was to coincide with the 100th anniversary of the... Um, 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which gave women the right to vote. 
especially white women. There was a, a, a campaign to where you could vote for um, which woman you wanted to be on U.S. currency. OK. And this was sponsored by Women on 20s, the organization Women on 20s. And they talk about Harriet Tubman being a winner and um, campaigns. Let me see why the $20 bill bring in some money. Okay, so I'll read this to have some background information. All right, now, there's an article here from um, RochesterFirst.com, which deals with the delay in the change in the $20 bill. Uh, Okay, President Andrew Jackson, we know he signed the Indian Removal Act of 1830 uh, in the law also. The inclusion of Harriet Tubman on U.S. currency would honor the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, gave women the right to vote. Uh, Okay, the uh, Congressman John Katko, Republican of New York, later introduced the Harriet Tubman Tribute Act of 2019, which would require the Treasury Department to put Tubman on the $20 bill by 2020. The congressman stated, quote, we don't have a woman of color. Uh, We don't have a woman of color. We don't have any person of color on any U.S. currency. It should not even be an issue in my mind, end quote. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin under Donald Trump, Benedict Donald, stopped the plan. He said, uh, as far as he was concerned, uh, President Andrew Jackson will remain on the $20 bill. Donald Trump suggested that Harriet Tubman be on the $2 bill instead and even installed a portrait of President Andrew Jackson in the Oval Office, which would later be removed by President Joe Biden. Now, on the issue on the issue of controversy, Professor Lisa, Lisa Page, the interim director of Africana Studies at George Washington University, said, uh, I think Americans are still ashamed of the legacy of slavery and I will continue and I will continue to be ashamed uh, and I will continue to be ashamed of slavery. She referring to Harriet Tubman was called Moses for all of her work in abolition. She was a spy for the Union Army. She did all kinds of things to liberate blacks in America, end quote. Now, President Joe Biden promised to accelerate the plan to replace uh, Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill and Representatives Joyce Bay, Democrat of Ohio, member of the Congressional Black Caucus, and John Katko, Republican of New York, put forth a letter to the Biden, Biden administration asking for an accelerated timeline on the issue, but nothing has developed further. The slow process has been particularly frustrating given that Joe Biden was largely supported by women and people of color in his effort to become president. The process, however, is more difficult than many initially perceived by the public, which is why you have to read, which is why I'm going over this article, because I actually do research. As new currency has been outfitted with the world-class anti-counterfeit traits, 
and is much harder to counterfeit a quarter than a $20 bill. Um, as new, well, it could be, it's, it's, it was harder to produce a, a fake quarter, I would think. Um, as new currency has to be outfitted with world-class anti-counterfeit traits, but trying to counterfeit a, like, like a legitimate $20 bill is hard also. But when they change the bill over, it has to have the anti-counterfeit traits. So this is what's taking longer. Additionally, the American Council of the Blind successfully sued the Treasury Department in the year 2002, demanding that the department includes a tactile signifier similar to Braille for the blind and visually impaired. A federal judge agreed and the decision was made to include such an element in the next revision of the U.S. currency. So this is something else that's delaying the switch over to a new $20 bill. You have a uh, new currency has to be outfitted with world-class anti-counterfeit traits. One. Two, the American Council of the Blind successfully sued the Treasury Department in 2002, demanding that the department include tactile signifier similar to Braille for the blind and visually impaired. Now the deadline for a new $20 bill is still the year 2030, which was put in place by an anti-counterfeit committee in 2013 and does not reflect the sense of urgency felt by Harriet Tubman's family. Well, I mean, this is a lot more complicated than people think just changing the face on the $20 bill. Now, Harriet Tubman's descendants have recently spoken about their disappointment, expressing their worry that three members of the family who are in their 90s will not live to see uh, Tubman honored on the U.S. currency. Nonetheless, they have the support of many people inside and outside of politics and remain hopeful that the issue will continue to garner the support needed to expedite the process and honor one of America's greatest heroes. All right, so read this article in its entirety. When would Harriet Tubman be on the $20 bill? This is from January 1st, 2022 from rochesterfirst.com. All right. Uh, lastly here, we're going to squeeze in this last story here. Let me post this article here. Uh, we're squeezing this last story here. So coronavirus has been surging, uh, especially with the Omicron variant. Omicron variant makes up about 94% of the new cases of coronavirus. And we know there was an explosion in it after the uh, Christmas holiday, New Year's, uh, Christmas holiday, New Year's Day, and uh, millions of people traveling across the country, especially going through TSA, okay, this has caused a huge increase 
And then we see uh, children going back to school, the coronavirus spreading in, in some schools as well, which is causing some school districts to go back to virtual school uh, for a week or two or what have you till cases subside. Now, if we look at the story here from uh, NBC News from uh, Tuesday, January 11th, uh, U.S. reports 1.3 million um, U.S. Record, reports record 1.3 million COVID cases in a day as hospitalizations soar, as hospitalizations soar. The seven-day average for COVID cases in the U.S. also reached its highest point yet on Monday, January 10th, hitting an average of 740,594 new infections per day, okay? That is the seven-day average for COVID-19 cases. Uh, the United States reported 1.34 million COVID cases on Monday, January 10th. According to an NBC News tally, with the daily case rate shattering global records as hospitalizations soared across the country. Now, at least 1.34 million new COVID-19 uh, infections were identified on Monday. That's an undercount because, um, because of home testing. Some positive results in the home tests are not reported, so they're not put into the database. Now, according to uh, the tally, this, this beat the previous record of uh, 1,000,000 44,970 cases set on January 3rd, 2022. It, it beat that record by nearly 300,000. Now, daily case counts are typically high on Mondays because many states do not report the numbers over the weekend. However, the number still suggests a dramatic rise in cases in the U.S., and as the highly transmissible Omicron variant uh, continues to spread. Now, it also represents the highest daily total recorded for any country, according to Reuters, with the uh, U.S. recording a total of 61,490,917 cases since the pandemic began as of Monday, January 10th, 2022, according to NBC News data. The seven-day average for cases in the U.S. also reached its highest point yet on Monday, hitting an average of 740,594 cases per day, with 24 states reporting their highest seven-day average ever. Okay, so um, now the record numbers came as COVID hospitalizations in the U.S. also soared with the seven-day average for hospitalizations reaching 135,574 on Monday, which was up 83.1% in the last two weeks. The surge in hospitalizations has been particularly noticeable in some Midwestern and Mid-Atlantic states, according to an NBC News analysis of U.S. Department of Health and Human Services COVID hospitalizations data. As of Monday, the population adjusted rate for Washington, D.C. was the highest in the nation, followed by New Jersey, 
New York, and Ohio. Meanwhile, southern states have seen the largest shift in hospitalizations over the past two weeks with the seven-day averages uh, in Louisiana up 341% from uh, uh, 340 to uh, 1,501 over the past two weeks, while Florida has seen its average soar by 277%, where you have dumbass Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, Florida increased from 9,001 uh, from 2,426 people hospitalized to 9,169. Okay, so read the rest of this here. Uh, as the highly contagious Omicron variant spreads. Hospitals have also reported a growing trend of patients admitted for other ailments also testing positive for COVID-19. Read the rest of this article here from uh, NBC News. U.S. reported record 1.3 million COVID cases in a day as hospitalizations soared. This is from uh, January 11th, 2022. All right. Uh, look, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN Show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN Show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN Show. We're here six days a week to so us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, uh, pay some of the bills, etc. This is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN Show through Cash App. When you go to it, it says Michael. And uh, shows my picture there. Okay, these other ones here are fake African History Network cash app accounts. So that's not us. Uh, it, so we also have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, if you want to advertise with the African History Network, email us at AHNShow at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AHNShow at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Our current promotion is uh, buy one month, uh, get two months free. And we have three new uh, advertising packages that we just uh, released early uh, earlier this month. Okay, so in our platinum package is really, really good, really good package. So African-American business owners, post name your business here on the thread of the broadcast. Email us at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. And we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Uh, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, also email me as well. You know, uh, African American History Month is coming up, and um, uh, we know Juneteenth uh, also. But uh, email me if you want me to do a uh, virtual presentation or in-person presentation. And I'll be, I'll be speaking in West Virginia um, at a college in West Virginia on Dr. King Day. Okay, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, the African History Network, you focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, 
Our handcrafted skincare and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. Because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's the speed the ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skincare and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Come and travel with me to a time long ago and place far away. You will experience high adventure and excitement. You are fighting alongside an ancient army in fierce battle. Feel the exhilaration of struggle and final conquest. 
My name is Maninkare, and I am both a prince and a priest in one of the most advanced civilizations humans have ever produced. I want you to ride with me in my chariot as I slay the barbarians who have come to invade my land. I invite you to sit at the conference table with the great Pharaoh Taharqa and his ministers as they plan intrigue and use subterfuge to outmaneuver and defeat the enemy. Come back with me to the land of your ancestors, to the beautiful land of Kemet. So open the pages of this book and begin the adventure. Find out what happens in the book Maninkare Battles the Assyrians in the Nile Valley from author Makari Jones. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director, Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events, like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452 1349 or send an email to info at Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion. Theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus